Today is September 20th, 2020. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Nagana Go Meko Chase Chase Takomaki. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S. Canadian black border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Danai, and Bogani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, composed of the Wesley, Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations, the Dene from Sutina Nation, and I acknowledge all First Nations, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me in my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born here in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satchu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card from the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. My father is so Canadian. I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act imposed status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage and that I was born in Calgary, but my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me up in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I am a native to Turtle Island and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Tlincho Tine Indahe and Satu Dene, meaning many horse towns, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements and personal introductions are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous people, as well as honoring the host as the guest and acknowledging my role as a treaty partner. My humblest apologies to Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I share what I know, or what I think I know, as I walk down my journey of the Red Road. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything I talked about today and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll-free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Non-Indigenous, there are distress lines in your area as well. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to previous donors who have already shown your support to the show. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. For those that cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or questions. Um, I also have a YouTube channel and would love to have you subscribe. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and posts on social media. Um, I want to give a shout out to my super loyal donors, Adam, Alexandria, Beatrice, Ben, Beth, Brian, Kat, Celine, Christina, Crystal, Diana, Jana, Jenny, Jessica, Jocelyn, Judy, Karen, Kathy, Kenna, Leah, Lisi, Marisa, Melissa, Morami, Natalie, Nathan, Rebecca, The Sprawl, Shara, Sharon, Tammy, Vanessa, Tiffany, and Veronica. <laughs> 
So um, I wanted to go over a few things that I, I um, well, I guess one, I don't normally just go solo anymore. I've been seeing how many guests I have and I, I wish I could give a, a shout out to everybody who's wanted to be on my on my show, um, who maybe had to cancel last minute. All of the folks who made it on my show, I wish I could tell you from the bottom of my heart how much it means to hear your perspective and and hear what you have to say and some of the cool stuff that you're you know going on in this world so if you're indigenous or you're uh, non-indigenous working with indigenous and you have a super cool um anything tell me one of my favorite emails i got actually was from a fellow who had worked with some metis on a book so it, it's about the history of uh saint paul and i ordered a couple of books i shared it i hope uh y'all have a look for that um and i hope you consider buying it because i think it's really important for everyone to know the history and my understanding is that this is about the saint paul settlement and it was a collaboration of many metis so i'm super excited to read this book and um that's kind of the example of the type of uh, email i get and i'd love to encourage other folks as well um some things i wanted to put out there this was 18 hours ago joe buckskin hey y'all Y'all know Lethbridge really isn't safe for First Nation men, right? A couple of nights ago while walking to his car parked downtown, my brother was surrounded by three white men with sticks. He was hit on the back of, by one of them and then forced to defend himself. He fought off all three and kicked ass. While all of this took place, some motherfuckers from the watch stood by watching and did not, absolutely nothing. Despite some injuries to his back, elbow, and what looks to me like a broken knuckle or two, he's okay. I just wanted to say, guys, if you're out and about, please be aware of your surroundings and watch out for them uh, folks. That's not the words he used. Uh, who think beating the <clears throat> out of native men is fun. And um, yeah, I shared that on Idle No More Treaty 7. I thought it was really important for folks to know this is the reality for Indigenous folks right now, and it's unacceptable, but this is what it is. Um, I talk of, I, every single day, there's new examples of racism. Um, the UFC has put together a wonderful event for September 30th, which is Orange Shirt Day, and that's to honor all of the uh, residential school folks that either survived or died as a result of that government policy. And, um, you know, right away, every comment was some racist crap. So I bring it up because it's important that other people start calling this out. Like, all I can do is block these folks for my own mental health. And I, I uh, don't understand why more people aren't doing exactly that, but they're not. And as a result, you know, we get to, have emotional labor we get to have racial battle fatigue and another just exhaustion in general from trying to explain these things over and over and over so um the few things that i wanted to go over that uh before monday so monday is book club and while i was researching that i came across the saint joseph industrial school which is just outside of calgary in a little community called dunbo and um, yeah, so we went on a field trip to go see this place. And uh, when, you, when you go to turn, like it's listed provincially as a monument and that uh, gives obviously 
access to where to go. But when we got there, it was really clear the farmer has these signs saying no public access, no trespassing, all of these things. And I thought, well, that's odd that, you know, they have this public monument that's provincial, provincially listed. And yet, you know, the one way to go there is not acknowledged. So I went to stop to talk to the farmer because obviously I didn't want to be on the land without him knowing what, what I was doing and um, knocked on the door and nobody was there. I uh, went over to the shop. There was a couple of cars parked there, knocked on the door, no answer. But then the farmer came ripping up. And um, yeah, so at first he pretended to not hear what I was saying. Uh, he was completely disinterested when I showed him the, uh, you know, St. Joseph Industrial School Carn um, Provincial Marking. Um, and he definitely was not going to grant me access. And because I didn't want to meet his rifle, I thought, okay, well, my husband, my dog, my daughter, I guess we'll we'll get out of there. So that's what we did. And and this is in an area where the houses are start in the eight hundreds. So like million dollar properties there. And um and I posted about it that this is reconciliation in Calgary right now. And I don't, don't know, and a lot of people just either must have missed it or the algorithms. Mm -hmm just aren't interesting for folks because uh, nobody really acknowledged it. So that was really disappointing um, that this happened. I was really sad. Um, I first thing I did was chatted with a friend whose grandfather went there uh, just to kind of also got, get guidance because, you know, I was thinking, well, is there a Treaty 7 Avenue that I should be going through? So um, yeah, I'm gonna be, you know, in contact with him about steps moving forward. And then I also contacted uh, Senator Sinclair's office. But what I learned from that is there's no sense in just cold calling. Um, some MLAs, some MPs, they'll just kind of chit chat with you right then and there. And then you can brainstorm a bit and then, you know, write that letter and move forward. But that was not the case at Senator Sinclair's office. So I uh, spoke to a person there who encouraged me to write a letter. So now I got to figure out if I want to even do that, frankly, because um, I know Senator Sinclair has enough stuff on his plate. But um, I want to dissect this a bit with everybody because I think people need to understand the gravity of this. That you know, um, one of the uh, Indian residential schools that I know of, the Red Deer Industrial School, had some of the highest numbers of of uh, dead Indigenous people from it, so they closed it right away. And that's on a private property. So if you go to Fort Normando, uh, there's like these binoculars that show where uh, the, the school used to be and what it would have looked like. But the bottom line is it's farmland now and it gets farmed. And um, very clearly that's what is also the case in, with this uh, St. Joseph Industrial School. So to me, these are all sacred grounds. They have unmarked, um, you know, those that didn't survive. That's why it's a genocide. Like, I can't even believe I have to debate this, but that's for later. Um, folks died at these schools and they weren't buried properly. They weren't marked properly. So every place that had an Indian residential school has graves around it. So when the government's like, oh, well, we want to hide this and you know, randomly sell off the land to whatever farmer is willing to take it, you know, um, the graves are there. 
And I, I can't think of any settler that would be okay with their grandparents being exhumed and removed and moved somewhere else. I'm not even sure that's what was done here. So I, I, I'm just kind of challenging Canadians to understand the gravity of the amount of Indian residential schools that are actually on private land now. So when we talk about land back, that you understand where this is coming from. That you understand that our graves are not properly marked. That our graves are like, you know, my friend, his grandfather went to the school. Thank God he survived and came home. But for those who didn't and wanted to go visit their grave, there's no option. Because a farmer decided to power trip and decide that they are not going to allow people that access. So I'm challenging Canadians. You know, I'm going to contact a few different um, agencies and such, but I know they're, you know, already stretched. And if they're a nonprofit, then they have to follow colonial rules. And colonial rules means you kiss ass for the tiny bit of scraps that you get while getting kicked in the face. So, you know, I challenge Canadians. These lands that our people were forced to go to from government policy are now, you know, sold off. And yeah, it might even be a two or three generations since they were sold off. I don't know how anybody would be okay with owning land that they know dead Indigenous kids are still in or were murdered on. But hey, that's on you guys, whatever. Um, I'm going to start fighting this campaign. I, I need to create a campaign. I need to work with uh, folks that are willing to work with me or uh, that bigger picture. I mean, I don't want to start suing the Canadian government, but is that what it's going to have to take again in order for Indigenous people to be able to, you know, properly memorialize these areas that were, you know, became killing centers? Like, Auschwitz um, has the concentration camps. Is that what we have to do? And, and there's a couple of Indian residential schools that that is what they are doing. But I think there's a bigger picture here. There's a bigger picture of hundreds of graves, thousands of graves across Canada that are private property now and everybody's fucking cool with that? That I'm not cool with that. And I think that if we're serious about reconciliation, if we're serious about honoring Indian residential school survivors or victims, that this, this isn't a conversation we need to be having. People need to understand the gravity of this. This isn't just here, it's all across the country that Canada decided to hide their dirty deeds by selling off land to some idiot who had no idea that they were taking out um, uh, mortgages on basically someone's grave. So like we gotta have this conversation and this, these are parts of the calls to action. So I'm challenging Canadians to like, I mean, I've been challenging Canadians for over four years to learn about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, to learn about the calls to action and not one person is like talking about this, screaming about this. Why? What, like what is reconciliation to Canadians? That it's totally cool to, you know, sell off these lands of Indian residential schools and their graves, unmarked graves to some Yahoo willing to pay for it. And that's cool. That's okay. So that natives don't have a place to mourn their dead. So that, we don't have a place to mourn, you know, the intergenerational trauma that these government policies actually invoked. Way to go, Canada. Like, 
I know, I know most of you can't even be bothered to read the 94 calls to action because if you did, you would know where I am in the book club. So I'm hoping you'll at least listen to the book club. I mean, those videos are online if you're subscribing to my YouTube channel now. So, you know, get with the program people. Why am I fighting this fight alone? Why, why? You know, there's how many people out there, how many Indian residential school grounds that need this? Everyone should know, if you are doing any sort of land acknowledgement, you should know how many Indian residential schools were on that land. You should be acknowledging them. And you sure as hell should be fighting to make sure that there's a place that everyone can go acknowledge these places. And if there isn't, that's a problem. I can't believe I have to say this out loud, but this is where we're at. So to continue on with the topic of genocide, since so many people are still in denial of that, um, I also want to bring up that uh, this weekend, very specifically, was a really special weekend for um, Calgary. And the reason for that, Calgary doesn't know, but for those who are in the, um, you know, missing and murdered Indigenous women, uh, girls, two-spirit circle, they know this weekend was um, a hard weekend. Some said healing. I heard that there were happy uh, moments and tears. And, and why? So basically, uh, because of COVID-19 and COVID-19 restrictions, there will be a huge component, thanks to Awatan Healing Lodge, of a virtual event for Sisters in Spirit vigils this year, which is fabulous. Uh, they were really excited to launch this on um, October 4th. The Aboriginal Friendship Center is going to be um, unveiling a painting as well. So, and I don't know if I'm allowed to give too many details about that. So um, I might just hold off about telling too much about that, but I want it on everyone's radar so that, uh, I know it's not a public event, but it will be public as of October 4th. So look for that um, announcement from the Aboriginal Friendship Centre and Awatan Healing Lodge. Um, another part of our October 4th that have been actually reoccurring is the Justice for Joey English Walk. So the English family was in town and, oh, I didn't really finish why this was such a special weekend. Because of the um, virtual weekend, this was kind of the weekend they did a lot of the reporting. So you know, as a result, um, I'm hoping healing happened. And uh, Stephanie contacted me real quick to go up and, and finish the weekend with a song. So I went up there and I got to see Deb and uh, Floranda, quite a few folks from this Treaty 7 area that participated. And I, I'm, bring, I'm not name dropping because I want you to look for their stories and I want you to watch on October 4th, um, the virtual event that we have um, so justice for Joey English, there will be a walk again, starting October 2nd. Uh, if you go to the justice for Joey English Facebook page, you will see that there's a poster that I've shared on both, um, you know, my personal page as well as native Calgarian and, uh, the walk starts October 2nd and we'll meet up in Calgary here on October 4th 
for the annual uh, vigil march that we've always had. Unfortunately, because of COVID-19 restrictions and because of the institutional racism that Indigenous women and our organizations face, we're making it very clear, Awatons events, that are they're nonprofit, they have to follow colonial boundaries guidelines, that will be a virtual event online. Uh, that said, um, we know our families will still march. We know that regardless of social media, what we say, people will be there. So um, uh, Chantelle and I will be leading the, the march, the vigil march. And then, um, and then once we get there, we will have speakers and, and such as well. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, we, we wanna take on any personal responsibility when it comes to this, because we don't want Awatan Healing Lodge getting any of the ramifications from the city of Calgary from the police or from AHS. So we're hoping that uh, it will go off well. So we encourage you to, um, at the very least, uh, share Awatan Healing Lodge's uh, virtual events that are gonna be happening. And uh, again, support the families the best you can. Uh, sharing from Justice for Joey English page. I mean, that's, that's a great way to start. Uh, I manage one of the Treaty 7 pages uh, I don't know more Treaty 7, uh, the I don't know more Calgary folks, they do a great job of sharing stuff as well. So, you know, just make sure you're following what we're doing. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about, though, was uh, the Mi'kmaq fishers, uh, fisher folks way out east. So there's been a lot of racism against them. And it's been really hard for me to watch because it's so painfully obviously racism. It's just racism. Um, I've been sharing it on Twitter, Facebook, the information that they're giving us. So basically the Mi'kmaq are only allowed to uh, fish, I think it was like 250 traps. And whereas the white folks have thousands and yet the white people are targeting the indigenous for fishing and saying that it's unfair that they have this treaty. And apparently there was a, a legal case called the Marshall decision that also reaffirmed those treaty rights. So the white people are uh, shooting at the natives. They are wrecking their traps. They're wrecking their boats. And the RCMP are, as always, laughing and doing absolutely nothing. So um, I really encourage our so-called allies to pay attention to that. And I'm not, I, you know what, today I'm going to have a bit of a rant against our so-called allies. Um, I'm not very happy with you because I'm not seeing you do the work. I'm seeing, um, actually worse today, today is a bad day because today's the day that um, folks decided to fight me about some fucking Supreme Court judge from the States who died, um, Ruth Ginsburg, may have been a lovely person and a lovely lady, I can say that about a million people, but they still represented the genocide of indigenous people. And the fact that so many people are willing to defend this bitch who happily took land away from indigenous people, we are literally mourning on Crescent Hill, Calgary here, with the English family because somebody decided cutting up Joey English's body into pieces was totally acceptable and leaving them there. 
the other parts are inland calgary landfill and people are having the audacity to fight me over loss of land um u.s laws being imposed on indigenous people that somehow this woman is somehow okay because she apologized whatever a few days later after she called you know calling kaepernick stupid she defaults on the on the side of whiteness she upholds white supremacy that's what colonial courts do and people are actually fighting me over this fuck you fuck you allies it is unacceptable in any capacity that you would even argue that she is somehow not contributing to genocide of indigenous people i don't see you fighting for our women to not be missing or murdered i do not see you sharing information that is pretty fucking relevant about our land theft i don't see you dismantling white supremacy i see you upholding it so fuck you, fuck you. That's all I have to say about it. I can't even believe I have to defend this. I can't believe anybody would side on the, on the side of genocide and white supremacy on this. She may have been a lovely fucking lady, but at the end of the day, she ruled against black people. She ruled against indigenous people. That's what her job is to uphold white supremacy. I can't believe this needs explanation. And I can't believe that people would fight me over this. No problem. You don't need to be in my world. I don't need to be in yours. We have fundamental disagreements on this earth because our laws, indigenous laws were erased. Our laws are not like erasable. Just the fact that you choose to erase them makes you not my ally it's really that simple and if you're indigenous and you actually have the audacity to you know fight that fight i i don't know what to say other than you know decolonize harder <laughs> so work harder why why are we having you know a virtual weekend talking about families of missing and murdered indigenous women here in calgary and you're like hell-bent to fight about some U.S. judge who died. I'm, I'm sad for the state of everything. The Mi'kmaq fishermen are being targeted by white people and you wanna like fight this fight? The U.S. Constitution and their laws are bullshit. The fact that they've been imposed on indigenous people is even more bullshit. And the fact that you would defend it is the worst bullshit. I don't care if you think you're an ally, I don't care. This is bullshit. The fact that I do a land acknowledgement acknowledging the Blackfeet south of the border is because the US Canadian border was imposed on these lands. The genocide was done to indigenous people on purpose so that people can you know, settle this place. I'm trying to fight to have Indian residential school like sites available to the public. And you guys wanna fight me over, over this? No, you're not my ally. It's really that simple. We're not on the same page if you're Indigenous and you're trying to fight me on this. So, you know, I want to see you fighting for the Mi'kmaq. 
I want to see you fighting for the wetsuit to win. And I sure as hell want to see you be talking about calls to action and reconciliation. And you know what? You don't have to show me just to show me. Just fucking do it. We don't even need to be friends. Just do it. Like, I don't understand why we have to fight this fight. <sighs> anyway, so that's the type of bullshittery that I've been seeing this week. That's uh, just to sum up how I see the world as usual. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand why, you know, um, we're having these conversations, especially this week. This week, especially, you know, um, there's all these new activists that have popped up in Red Deer, uh, Pinoca, um, Edmonton. There's all these new activists that are out there trying to uh, do anti-racism work. And we've seen all of these white supremacists come and fight them. Violence to the point that a protester actually got hit by a car last weekend. Not seeing y'all get all upset about that. Why is that? Why is there such a difference there? You guys are full of shit sometimes. It just pisses me off. I'm not happy with allies. And I'm sure as hell not happy with natives who, who are defending, you know, I, the fact that I have to continually talk about the genocide against our people, people aren't paying attention. They're, they are not paying attention to the Sisters and Spirit marches, vigils, the names that we constantly say. They're not paying attention to the TRC calls to action. I'm just so disappointed. So, you know, do something. Join a bloody book club. Maybe even start one. How amazing would that be? So anyway, with that, I'm just going to say Indigenous have been talking about these issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and in public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with Gender Equity Plus, they are cutting violence prevention programs, services, Indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay-straight alliances, um, they have a lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities. Know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform and violence prevention. And now we have 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls and Two-Spirit. Denying those reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational, health, justice institutions with multiple reports that say the same things. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. They don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism, gendered violence. They literally have zero business running. It should be understood by all parties local politicians, community organizations, sports organizations. Really great article I said out loud in episode 62 is Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Become Allies. Apparently we need to devote another episode to that because apparently it's not getting through. Um, you know, I don't know why we still have to explain. I'm not going to be tone policed. I'm not going to speak nicely about my fucking genocide. I can't believe I have to have this conversation. I want to continue by putting cultural safety into action so that you can create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with disabilities, LGBTQ2+, to speak, 
Look at it as first aid. First, do something. Having good intentions is not enough. You must take action to make change. So is your business, your sports organization, are you doing anything for September 30th Orange Shirt Day? Are you doing anything for October 4th Sisters and Spirit Days? Like seriously, having good intentions is not enough. Take action to make change. Speak out against racism. Ask questions with those with more understanding. Find allies and create a support system for yourself so that you can help advocate for culturally safe approaches. Take responsibility for your own learning. Read, reflect, ask questions. Do not expect this learning to always come from marginalized people and on in Indigenous issues, Indigenous people. Like, seriously, how many podcasts, how many books, how many interviews are out there? Really and truly, people, you need to take some responsibility. Take time for self-reflection. Be aware of your own assumptions and biases. Question everything you've learned about Indigenous people and take steps to uh, disrupt the stereotypes. You know, it was really clear to me in the interactions I had today that as an Indigenous woman, not taken seriously. If I was a man, um, it would have been fine. Um, a white man said the same thing and nobody's questioning him. But me as an Indigenous woman, oh, they're pushing. And today they pushed the wrong fucking buttons, I tell you. Internalized racism and lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized people ex experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands. So, you know, this is what I'm talking about where even our own natives don't know about colonialism, but they're quick because of their own biases to go after an Indigenous woman like myself. No problem. Um, you know, I would never be okay with folks like saying to me, well, you know, J.K. Rowling's might be transphobic, but Harry Potter was so great. But it is perfectly acceptable for people today to go, oh, Michelle, it's not really genocide. And uh, we really should just be celebrating the death of, uh, of Ruth Ginsburg. So, fuck you. Um, RacialEquityTools.org, What is Internalized Racism by Donna Bevins. Great resource. Encourage everybody to read it. Do's and don't uh, for bystander interventions by Americans Friends Service Committee. Um, if you witnesses, if you witness public instances of racism, anti-black, anti-Muslim, anti-trans, uh, any form of oppressive interpersonal violence and harassment, please use those tips to, uh, you know, intervene. Make eye contact with the person being harassed. Ask them if they want to be want support. Move yourself closer to the person being harassed, if possible, and you feel you're safe to do so. Create a distance or a barrier between the person being harassed and the attacker, if it's safe to do so. Um, and the person who is being harassed consents. Film or record the incident. So it's a lot easier to delete uh, something later than it is to wish you recorded it. Take cues from the person being harassed. Like this is, I've been literally talking about tone policing through this entire process where I'm talking about, you know, people telling me as an indigenous woman, I should be perfectly okay with, you know, with the genocide of my people, somebody else's foreign laws placed on our people because, you know, oh, it's progressive bullshit. Fuck you. That's tone policing. You just don't bother being in my world. I don't want you in my world. If you think it's acceptable to tone police me. 
Um, especially if you don't even fucking listen to my podcast, read my posts. Like people don't even read the comments in the post, whatever. I gotta, I have to learn to let those people go because it is eating me that they can't seem to wrap their brains around this. Uh, take cues from people being harassed. Is the person engaged with the harasser or not? Um, you know, you can make your make suggestions for yourself. Like, you know, do you want to walk over with me? Uh, do you want to move to another train car? Do you want for them to leave you alone? Follow their lead. Notice if the piece, person being harassed is resisting in their own way and honor that. Don't tone police the person being harassed. So if they're standing up for themselves, you shushing them or saying, you know, you could be nicer about it. That's tone policing and you can fuck right off with that attitude. Follow up with the individual being harassed after the incident is over and see if they need anything else. This is where I really encourage folks to give a card because I know what it's like being that person and just wishing I could die and that nobody would see this and that you're ashamed that these moments even happen even though it's not your fault in any capacity. And just having somebody validated uh, matters. And if it is something that you know you can actually charge later, it would be better to have that person as a witness than it would be to feel left high and dry. Because honestly, that's really what's happening. Um, you know, and I see it. This is why I'm mad at allies because they have no problem with fishermen being shot at, the RCMP not doing their job, but they're the first one to be like rule law when it comes to the wet pseudoid and just totally ignore Delamook. Anyway, I'm going on a rant. Do what you need to do to be safe. Assess your surroundings. Um, you know, pull others in to get support. Working as a team is a good idea. So if me and my husband are on the C train and we see somebody getting um, harassed, you know, that's three against one. And the person being harassed hopefully looks like a jackal. Uh, can you and the person being harassed move to a safer place? Don't call the police. I've been saying this for like ever i don't know we're at episode 109 ish and i've been telling you don't call the police and recently i'm pretty sure you see why but yet it's still the go-to for a lot of folks instead of mental health support calling the distress center if you're in calgary you know 211 for many people experiencing harassment now the arab muslim black queer trans immigrant folks Indigenous, the police can cause a greater danger for the person being harassed. Don't escalate the situation. The goal is to get the person being harassed to safety and not incite further violence from the attacker. Don't do nothing. Your silence is dangerous. It communicates approval and leaves the victim high and dry to, you know, go and try to find how to get private land back to, um, you know, Indigenous people so they can properly mourn. Um, if you find yourself too nervous or afraid to speak out, move closer to the person being harassed and communicate your support with your body. Teach your kids about accountability in a positive way because these kids are learning it from somewhere and then they do it as adults. And we're seeing, you know, obviously our first thing I did was read about um, how the First Nation men in Lethbridge are being treated. I wonder where they, where they were taught that. Must have been from those great Christian religions, hey? If you're experiencing emotional distress and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll-free, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you're more of a texter, um, hopeforwellness.ca, they have that feature as well. Violence is my everyday reality. 
every indigenous generation faces it. That's why I started the podcast to speak freely without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions. As many people do not want to hear indigenous opinion, but sure as hell want to tell us their shitty opinions, even though they don't know anything about indigenous people, colonialism, know nothing about the constant surveillance that we face, our protests, our vigils, our rights. Then there's the microaggressions and people dealing with internalized racism, people who become gatekeepers that survive off the status quo, or people who are so in their trauma they stop people from doing the good work and deplete personal resources like giving, you know, shitty affidavits or something. Um, internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. This is why I needed a podcast as a boundary to be heard. I want to say thank you to my ancestors, to my granny, to my mama for what strength looks like through your examples. I want to say thank you to my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and stepping up to teach me to be a proud Calgarian. It is through her. I am a second generation proud Calgarian. Thank you to Darcy for producing and editing the show on top of being my husband, childhood friend, father of our child and support down my journey of the Red Road. He has witnessed decades of racism and sexism. To our child who we are blessed to learn from daily, I am honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of trying to discuss these present day issues in a way that they can understand. Again, my Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, Adam, Alexandria, Beatrice, Ben, Beth, Brian, Kat, Celine, Christina, Crystal, Diana, Jana, Jenny, Jessica, Jocelyn, Judy, Karen, Kathy, Keta, Leah, Lisi, Marisa, Melissa, Morami, Natalie, Nathan, Rebecca, The Sprawl, Shara, Sharon, Tammy, Tiffany, Vanessa, and Veronica. Thank you all for signing up. If you did one donation or had to quit for financial reasons, please know I appreciate your support. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or your questions. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcast, and they are always the pin posts on social media, too. So I want to end by giving side-eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. Thank you for listening.